Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Thursday, December 28th. Happy Pledge of Allegiance Day, which if you went to public school, you started every day by reciting with your hand on your heart every single day, thus rendering it, far as me and my friends were concerned anyway, the most meaningless thing we ever did, which I believe was the goal of making us say it every day, so it'd be meaningless to us. The pledge hadn't even been around that long. It was written for the 400th anniversary of Columbus discovering America by Francis Bellamy, a socialist minister who got run off from all his churches for claiming Jesus was a socialist before finally giving up and working honest jobs down in Tampa. He was wrong. Jesus ain't a was, he's an is. And he's not a socialist. He's the king of kings and lord of lords and not subject to being governed by idiots like us. And one day soon, he's coming back to be the government. Most you could say about him is he's a monarchist. But all the nuts roll down to Florida, I guess. But my problem isn't what it says or who wrote it. It's that pledging allegiance to anything is a serious adult decision. Making kids say it just makes it childish. If I ran the country, I'd say nobody says the pledge until they're 18 or even 25 maybe, and they're old enough to understand what it is that they're saying. Then they go down to the courthouse and recite it in a solemn ceremony with pictures and signatures and a star on your driver's license. And that's how you get your citizenship. You choose it instead of by birth. You don't have to. If you refuse, the law still applies to you. You can own property and work and all. But vote or join the military or hold office or get a security clearance? Nuh-uh, none of that. Of course, we're a long way from that in America, ain't we? Our reading for today is Zechariah 12, 1 through 13, 9, Revelation 19, 1 through 21, Psalm 147, 1 through 20, and Proverbs 31, 1 through 7. So if y'all are ready, I got a lot of big ideas for when I'm running things. So when you say your prayers tonight, I guess be thankful that I ain't. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squaw do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, yesterday on the 27th in the Old Testament, we read Zechariah 10, 1 through eleven seventeen, And God's trying to talk him out of idol worship. He says, he's the one who makes it rain, so pray to him. For the idols have spoken vanity, and the diviners have seen a lie, and have told false dreams. All them fortune tellers and psychics and stuff are full of it. Therefore, they went their way as a flock. That is, they went into captivity. In verse 3, he mentions the house of Judah and says, He hath made them as his goodly horse in the battle. Then he says, Out of him, Judah, came forth the corner, the cornerstone, in other words. Out of him, the nail, that holds it all together. Out of him, the battle bow, the warrior. Out of him, every oppressor together. And the word oppressor is a bad translation. It'd be better translated every ruler together. King of kings, in other words. So out of Judah comes the Messiah, is the point. And they shall be as mighty men which tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle. The commentaries seem to think this refers to the Maccabean revolt that occurs in the intertestamental period, about 167 to 160 BC. And I guess, how do I know? I know they got a miracle during that time. And that's where Hanukkah comes from. And Jesus referred to that approvingly, so it doesn't surprise me that there's an Old Testament prophecy about it. But anyway, verse 8 says, I will hiss for them, which should be translated whistle for them, like a shepherd calling his flock, and then God's enemies will be cast down. And in chapter 11, he just got done prophesying the Messiah and how the Jews would once again be prosperous. 
Now he's going to spell out how it's going to go for those who reject him. He starts out by saying Lebanon and all its cedars are going down, and the oaks of Bashan, which is Syria, and the pride of Jordan is spoiled. In verse 5, whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty, and they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich, and their own shepherds pity them not. In other words, all y'all who oppress and enslave others and get rich by selling them, and then have the nerve to give thanks to me as if I had anything to do with y'all's sinfulness, since y'all pity them not, I will no more pity you. I will feed the flock of the slaughter. Y'all getting consumed, basically. In verse 7, And I took unto me two staves, the one I called beauty, and the other I called bands, and I fed the flock. And staves are what a shepherd carries to help corral the sheep. In the old days, shepherds had two rods, or staves, and one was turned round at the top so it wouldn't hurt the sheep, and this one was for counting them and separating the diseased out from the healthy ones. And the other had an iron hook at the end of it to pull in and hold the straying sheep. And Psalm 23 mentions both of these. It says, Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. So the one I called beauty, or pleasantness, delight, favor, gentleness, or kindness toward his people. The other is called bands, meaning bond or covenant, which probably means the bond of the new covenant. So this is more talk of the Messiah. In verse 8, Three shepherds also I cut off in one month, and my soul loathed them, and their soul also abhorred me. And some think he's talking about the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders are the three shepherds that Christ pretty much alienated right from the get-go. And verse 9 and 10, it's not really obvious, but the gist of it is, y'all hate the Lord that much, then he's going to remove his protections from you. He's going to break the stave called beauty. And notice the stave of the new covenant remains intact for now, because anybody who wants to can repent. And then, check this out. And I said unto them, If ye think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear. So they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. He says, if you like what I'm doing and you want to support it, give me what you think is fair. So they gave him 30 shekels of silver, which is an insult because it's the price of a slave and was meant to show how little regard they had for the Lord. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. And it all happened exactly that way. The Jewish leadership paid Judas 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus, formalizing their rejection of him. Judas tried to return the money, but the law said the temple authorities could not receive blood money. So rather than put it in the treasury, they bought a field from a local potter to bury indigent people who died in their jurisdiction. Then it says, I cut asunder mine other staff, even bands, that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel, which he did. That formal act of official rejection separated followers of Christ, the Lion of Judah, from Israel. And the Lord said unto me, Take unto thee yet the instruments of a foolish shepherd, one that is useless to his flock, or harmful, etc. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land, which shall not visit those that be cut off, neither shall seek the young one, nor heal that that is broken, nor feed that that standeth still. But he shall eat the flesh of the fat, and tear their claws in pieces. And all that happened too. Since the Jews had rejected the true shepherd, God sent or allowed to arise Jewish leadership that was notorious for their negligence and cruelty and oppression. And the same thing went for the church in the Middle Ages, but that comes later. And now watch this, verse 17. Woe to the idle shepherd that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean dried up, and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. An idol is like idolatrous, not lazy. He's worthless, just like an idol, is another way to think about it. And the sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. So wait, what? Who did we just get done reading about who had this exact same thing happen? 
another idol shepherd. And the fact that he's talking about the Jews here makes some people think the Antichrist will be Jewish. Maybe, not necessarily, but he's sure making quite a harsh comparison between the Jews that reject their Messiah and the kingdom of hell that's going to take over soon. Of course, they do get called the synagogue of Satan, so there's that. So the pattern of judgment, sin, God raises up an instrument of judgment, repentance, and sin again until the final cycle explained in the revelation of Jesus Christ for us. And then in the New Testament, we read Revelation 18, 1-24. And that's about Babylon the Great, mostly like the city, the political entity. In verse 1, And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen. And the double reference is for emphasis. And it indicates that what he's talking about is certain and will happen soon, as in soon after what they just went through. And he says, Babylon has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. In other words, all the demons live there. And birds in scripture usually represents demons. And verse three, for all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Probably talking to the 144,000. And remember, all of them made it, none were lost. And remember also in Jesus' parables, the shepherd didn't end up with just 99 sheep. He went out after the lost one. So nobody gets left behind. Verse 6, reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled to her double. How much she hath glorified herself, and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Yeah, probably not though. And the I am no widow, that's a weird thing to say, but that's probably aimed at Israel, because Israel is called the widow of Yahweh. And Jerusalem is referred to as a widow also. And verse 8, Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, suddenly, in other words, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning. They see it, they're not in the smoke, standing afar off for the fear of her torment. Why afar off? Is it a nuclear bomb that we're talking about, maybe? Saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. And there's three groups of people that get singled out here. Kings, merchants, and those who trade by sea that we'll get to in a second. Because the next thing he does is list 28 things, which is four times seven, whatever that means, that nobody can buy or sell. Because the central economic entity has been trashed. And maybe that mark y'all was in such a hurry to get is now useless. And verse 12 and 13 list all them 28 things. And it finishes up with slaves and the souls of men. Well, aren't those the same thing? I mean, I hope it's the same thing. Or since everybody with the mark has essentially given their souls over to the beast, maybe the demons are now bartering with them. Which would in turn indicate that now that Babylon has fallen and the mark is useless, that there's more going on with that mark than just a little computer chip. Or am I way off? <laughs> anyway, the fruits that thy soul lusted after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. So it does you no good to have a lot of money if there's nothing to buy. 
Verse 15, the merchants of these things, which are made rich by her, shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off. There's them ships we were talking about. And cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? So there's them three groups, kings, merchants, and ship captains. Or maybe that represents manufacturers, shippers, and sellers. They're all out of business. So I guess start buying up toilet paper right now. And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein we were made rich, all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. This is the first time in the book of Revelation the command to rejoice is given, because the beast system is finally brought down. Can't wait. And verse 21, And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And I don't think that this is anything more than an illustration of just what it says. I doubt it's like another meteor or anything. In verse 22, And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. All the factories close. All the theaters are closed. The lights are off. Everything's over. In verse 23, And the light of a candle shall no more shine at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. And that's weird. Does that mean Jesus in the church? Were they there before and they're not there now? Weird. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And remember, God's definitions are not always the same as ours. Sorceries can mean a lot of things, from mixing up magic potions to just simple plain old manipulation. Like what everything on TV and in movies and music and everything does to us all the time. And y'all heard my bit about how everything on TV is a lie, right? Every last word of dialogue on every single TV show has one goal, to manipulate you into rejecting the truth for one reason or another, a little at a time. But anyway, verse 24, And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. All that were slain. All of them. Everybody who's ever been murdered or killed in a war or died at somebody else's hand, she's responsible for. Because it all happened because of her deceptions and sorceries. So she's been operating a long time. Ever since Cain. Ooh. And I just want to point out that God calls his people out of her. And he implies that they are partaking in, in her sins and will receive her plagues if they don't leave. I mean, it's like the final call for all Jews to come home to Israel. My people isn't limited just to Jews, but also includes non-Jews with ears to hear and know what to do, too, to follow the call. With the rapture having taken place, the church, the bride will, will already be in heaven. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 146, 1 through 10. And they don't know who wrote this one or when, but it's your basic praise psalm. It says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, because he's worthy. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, because we're not. Then he lists some reasons to trust the Lord instead, and finishes by saying, The Lord shall reign forever. So best get on board now. Yeah. Now the New American Standard Bible titles this psalm, The Lord and Abundant Helper. Verse 4, How blessed is the man whose trust is in the God of Jacob, 
whose hope is in the Lord God who made heaven and earth. And then verse 9, he supports the fatherless and the widow, but thwarts the way of the wicked. Amen. And helper is interesting. God has always found ways to lawfully help his people and to help those that invited him by faith, faith in him or in his works. Like, for example, Rahab, because of what she believed, she believed his works and that he was a good God. Jesus came to help by conquering Satan and buying back the authority of man in the earth. The Holy Spirit is here now as our abundant helper to keep us in Christ, to keep us in the vine. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 30, 33, which says, Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood. So the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. And churning, wringing, and forcing in Hebrew are all the same word. It's the same word as pressure. The pressure of milk produces curds. The pressure of the nose produces blood. The pressure of wrath, like brooding over it or holding a grudge and then letting that just work on you till you boil over, produces strife. And the word translated strife doesn't mean violence. It's more like arguing or going to court with a lawsuit kind of deal. But it's a short hop from one to the other. Yeah, the churning, the ringing, the forcing or stirring up anger produces strife. It's a cause of, it's a cause and effect. There's no peace or unity to be found in it. And I just want to bring up that during a conversation at a restaurant, Bible y'all Paul says to me, people probably think you're mad at me the way you're talking. Stirring up anger produces strife, but Bible y'all Paul used it as a teaching moment. Even though I know anger is not my friend, we were close in my formative years. And I was reminded today how far God has brought me, and that there is a ways to go. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for December 28th is Zechariah 12.1-13.9. through 13, 9. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens, and layeth the foundation of the earth, and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about, when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. In that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment, and his rider with madness. And I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah, and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, The inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength, in the Lord of hosts their God. In that day will I make the governors of Judah like an hearth of fire among the wood, and like a torch of fire in a sheaf. And they shall devour all the people round about, on the right hand and on the left. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. And the Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David. And the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him 
as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, as the mourning of Hadadramon in the valley of Megiddon, and the land shall mourn every family apart, the family of the house of David apart, and their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart, the family of the house of Levi apart, and their wives apart, the family of Shimei apart, and their wives apart, all the families that remain, every family apart, and their wives apart. Chapter 13 In that day there shall be a fountain opened to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols out of the land, and they shall no more be remembered. And also I will cause the prophets and the unclean spirit to pass out of the land. And it shall come to pass that when any shall yet prophesy, then his father and his mother that begat him shall say unto him, Thou shalt not live, for thou speakest lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and his mother that begat him shall thrust him through when he prophesieth. And it shall come to pass in that day that the prophet shall be ashamed every one of his vision when he hath prophesied. Neither shall they wear a rough garment to deceive. But he shall say, I am no prophet. I am an husbandman. For man taught me to keep cattle from my youth. And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. And I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire. And I will refine them as silver is refined. And I will try them as gold is tried. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, It is my people. And they shall say, The Lord is my God. Our reading in the New Testament for December 28th is Revelation 19, 1-21. And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven, saying, Alleluia, salvation, and glory, and honor, and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia. And her smoke rose up for ever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. 
and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Our reading in Psalms for December 28th is Psalm 147, 1-20. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is comely. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God, who covereth the heaven with clouds, who prepareth rain for the earth, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. For he hath strengthened the bars of thy gates. He hath blessed thy children within thee. He maketh peace in thy borders, and filleth thee with the finest of the wheat. He sendeth forth his commandment upon earth. His word runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sendeth out his word, and melteth them. He causeth his wind to blow, and the waters flow. He sheweth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. And our reading in Proverbs for December 28th is Proverbs 31, 1-7. The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. What, my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows? Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. And that'll do it for the 28th. All right, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Romans 13, 11 and 12, which says, Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on how Jesus is coming, y'all. 
because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, today we are closer to the return of Jesus than we have ever been. Though no man knows the day or the hour, we can be sure the day is at hand. We also know that all those around us who are not saved are going to perish apart from Christ. Help us, Lord, to truly understand that urgency. Help us to spread your gospel to the lost, if not directly, then in support of others that do. We humbly submit to your will and agree to be used however you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, what I really need you to do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try to avoid making things worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. <laughs> it's not Stan. <laughs> Stan.